Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, it's the Take 12 Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Brett. He is Lofa. And joining us on today's episode is Northwest legend, Damon Hewer, Husky legend. Come on, where's the... Oh, I was going to apply, but I have an applause button. There it is. Welcome to the show, Damon. Thanks for having me. Oh, we got to add Super Bowl champion to that too, right? Yeah, I held a nice clipboard for those those two big games, but yeah, I was there. Super Bowl champion. There What's the respect on his name? There you yeah. go. Of course, Lofa and I are coming to you guys from the Wiener Schnitzel Digital Studios, two locations up in Western Washington. Everett and Fife. Go on in, mention the Take 12 podcast, get a free small beverage uh, with any other purchase at either of the Wiener Schnitzel locations. Go and see Dom. Go and see the family up there. Good people serving great food. Do something different for lunch. Also, Katie. No. Tamale season. Tamale season. It is tamale season, Lofa, at Wiener Schnitzel. They do it every year around the holidays. They're delicious, especially with their chili sauce. Go, so go up there, mention Take 12, and check them out. Uh, guys, enough about the sponsors. Enough about our fantasy team. Let's talk about the real team on the field, the Seahawks. Well, they took on uh, the, uh, I almost said Oakland, but the, of course, the Vegas Raiders. And it went into overtime. Uh, it was a shootout, as Lofa and I predicted. Unfortunately, the Seahawks end up, of course, on the losing side of this one. Lofa, were you in the building? What were your thoughts on this one? No, I was not. Ah. I was at my couch. I, you know, I somewhat feel responsible for not cheering <laughs> them on from the stadium. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what a game. It was, it was exciting. Mm-hmm. Not the result we wanted, but, uh, man offense looked good yeah and uh i think i can leave it there because i don't know if i want to talk about the defense yeah man i mean it ends up 40 to 34 a high scoring affair but yeah not much defense but the offense did look good i mean damon your thoughts on the game yeah you know i mean anytime you score you know 35 plus points or or whatnot i mean you expect to win in the national football league especially Mm -hmm. at home Mm -hmm. but uh you know this this game is set up today for these offenses to have success it really is a lot of the rules you know um and and that's what the fans want to see sorry lofa i know that good old old old-fashioned defensive 10 to 7 ball game they just don't exist anymore i wait till playoffs till i see good defense yeah, a lot of times you're right. You know, when it when it's cold and maybe the weather plays a part of it, and no one, you know, wants to tackle anybody and all that good stuff. But, but yeah, it um, it it's an offensive uh, game, and it's a college level too. You saw the Apple Cup. If any of you stayed up yeah. late Saturday night, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. or or your USC Trojans. I mean, yeah, I mean that, that that's a, that, it's a fun brand of football to watch. I don't know where the defenses have gone, but again, I like the rules and just. 
you know, uh, the athletes, the kids are playing seven on seven football in fifth grade now and throwing the rock. And uh, it's uh, it's just a different game. So yeah. expect points. It's fun, but it's never fun when you come up on the losing end yeah. like the Seahawks did yesterday. A lot of flag football also, like my son and his little buddies and stuff. I mean, a lot more flag football maybe being played at younger ages, too. Not that it wasn't being played back in the day, but just maybe more. Um, I, you know, I, I have to, though, say as a fan and, I, you know, as the voice of the fan on the show here, I love defense. I love big hits. I love uh, I love contested deep balls and guys f- fighting down the field and stuff. And I, I what I hate is every time there is a deep ball or a long throw, I'm looking for a flag or, oh, maybe that was P.I. or not P.I. or this or that. I feel like pass interference was almost like almost never called way, way back in the day, or at least it was one of those things that could be called on every play. It had to be sort of egregious. Now it's like even the most subtle tug, and it, it leads to more scoring, but I'm saying for me as a fan, it's like, I don't know, sometimes a good defensive slugfest is is fun because then whoever does score, I mean, it's such a big deal and everything. And so I like that each game can have its own storyline. I don't want these track meets every single game, but that's what we had in this one. Uh, our defense... Yeah, even like oh, back ahead, shoulder throws. I mean, there's times I think the offense, like, oh, it's third and 18... Yeah, you know, I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna kind of, I'm gonna underthrow it. I'm gonna try to get that call. Right. You know. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yes. I mean, that pass interference uh, penalty is is called so often, and you know, at least in college, a lot of times, you know, it's 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 just a 15 yard penalty unless you're in the red zone or mm-hmm. whatnot. Or in the NFL, it's it's spot of the foul. Spot where, the foul. You know, it could be a 40 or 50 yard penalty. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I think they need to get that get that change. Well, and yeah, and sometimes they go our way. Like we had one in the game with Tyler Lockett that was uh, a holding one, but it, I mean, yeah, pretty light yeah. on that one. <laughs> I saw. I mean, I saw one in the Bucks game. Now there's some vets that are, you know, and you got you got to take your hat off to him. But like I saw Mike Evans, I saw him kind of pull the DB in and then throw his arms in the air and oh, it was on third down and he knows how to get that flag. And I mean, that's that's a savvy vet move, but yes. it's just not really in the spirit of, you know, the game and I don't know, I, 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 whatever. Anyway, we could debate that all day and I know Lofa was about to. I saw the look on his face. Uh, but let, let's, let's stick with the game here. Uh, uh, offense looked good, albeit for another untimely fumble. I mean, ugh, right? Like we're... we're we're driving. We're you know the game is is what it was at that point, but he puts it on the deck again. We lose it, kind of similar to the Bucks game, um, but we you know we still recovered from there. Uh, we still took the lead and all that, but but the defense, Lofa. I mean, I think I, I, we got to talk about the defense. They just they couldn't get the stops when they needed to. They could not stop the running game at all. Tackling sometimes. I mean, Josh Jacobs well, is a beast, but I mean, come on. Well, I'll start with the praise. So before we okay. leave the offense, okay. I mean, G- Gino, man, damn, you got to like what you're seeing out of him. I was going to uh, go to him next. All right. <laughs> no, you got to start with the good, right? All right you got to at least start on a positive note. Okay. Silver linings, man. Okay. So 328, two touchdowns, the one interception. I don't fault him for it. I, I don't know why Tyler stopped running on that one. And um, mm. even more concerning was like, okay, you know, whatever happened, happened, but go make the tackle now. And, you know, he just kind of stood there, which, you know, kind of had me confused. I think everybody was confused. But, um, mm. you know, uh, Walker with some two tough runs, not not the yards you expect out of him. Uh, only 14 carries. He, he, he looked good, though, strong. That one, I mean, it was reminiscent of beast mode, man. And then the O-line getting in there and pushing. Oh, man. And like, uh, just it, from the five-yard line From the five, across. yeah, at least, yeah. Oh, my God. But then the wherewithal with him to just start – 
you know, backpedaling um, into the end zone. Yeah. Most guys, their legs just go dead, right? And uh, he, no, he wanted to score, and he and he scored there. So two touchdowns on the day for him. Travis Homer, shout out to him. Mm. Uh, came in, came in for a series, and it was the Travis Homer series. And uh, you know the the touchdown, and then just you know all all the effort things that he was doing, man. It's it's been showing. So um, it's good to see him healthy and, and working into the offense now. <laughs> but want to get to the want to get to the defense or lack thereof. Um, I mean, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And <laughs> in the second quarter, they did a, a a flashback to Bo Jackson's 220 yards rushing. And what did Josh Jacobs end with? Like 228 or something mm. like that. Mm. And it was just, uh, it was the Josh Jacobs show. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we, we made some turnovers, were huge, did set us up with short field, uh, you know, on the one, the, the first play of the game. Great job by Diggs. Everybody's been wondering where he's at. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what happens when you throw his way, and that's why I don't think he's really been targeted much. Um, the only bad play he had, that third and five, right? And he's got the running back out of the backfield. He takes away the cushion, and then now you just got a man turn and, and look and lean into him so you can, you know, make a play on that ball. But Derek Carr had all day. He had all day, all day long. Like <laughs> yeah. even on the even on the corner route yeah. touchdown, the, the Moreau. It was just um pressure wasn't there. And then we matched up a lot, you know, in terms of going nickel package when they were in eleven personnel, one back, one tight end, you know, through receivers. And and they ran the ball at will when we did that. And so I thought we were just gonna make an adjustment, like, hey, we'll go base and then you you gotta throw it out of here, you know, check to a throw. Um, because we got the box loader, but we really, the nickelback was not a factor in the run game. And that's what, you know, they just five yards, seven yards, 20 yards. Jacobs on that touchdown run, that was a phenomenal effort fighting off Al Woods. Um, can't say enough about that guy. He's had four games, five games of over 150. And I think he'd have more You'll if McDaniels actually wanted to run the goal. Yeah, man. Well, I, th- I we talked about it before the game. Like they have weapons, and Jacobs is a beast, and he did what he does. I mean, he he was what scared us the most going into the game, and he's what got us. I and mean, I think you know from a fan perspective too, it's like our run defense has been so good for so long that it's just surprising anytime anyone gets one big run, you're like, oh wow, okay, well that probably won't happen again. It's weird to see people just get consistent you know, consistently gain good yards and have these good runs. Damon, um, I mean, what happened, man? (laughs) I know you're an offensive guy, but I mean, you know, our offense, like, I mean, you could talk about Gino, I guess, but also just the defense and and sort of their struggles in the last few weeks. Because that was something they were, you know, they had improved and, and, and were doing so good at. Right. I mean, so many times, right, you don't see a lot of home run uh, right. gashes in the run game in the NFL because the, the safeties are so good at angles and and usually there is someone back there but yeah it was it was kind of surprising to just see those those big gash plays you know that, that you don't you don't see that in the NFL and mm-hmm. that's something they'll get corrected but yeah I mean you just look at that box score and you know over 200 yards rushing for the Raiders 65 for the Seahawks that's not the brand of football that Pete Carroll wants to play and and usually when when, the, when you see those kind of numbers. You know, they lose. So, um, you know, I, I am such a huge fan of Pete Carroll. I didn't like him for years as the Trojan coach, of course. <laughs> uh, but, but, but what he's done here in Seattle all these years, um, it just, it's just amazing. And, um, you know, forever, you know, this was just a Husky football town, and, and he's changed that. And it's, the both of them now are, 
you know, having such great seasons. And obviously this year there were so many question marks and, and now obviously a couple losses, everyone's going to question them again, mm -hmm. but give this guy credit where it's due. Uh, just an unbelievable leader, him and John Schneider, uh, what they've done uh, for this franchise in yeah. this town. Um, it's, uh, it's fun to see, but yesterday was not the brand of football that he wants to play and has been his, you know, formula for success in this league for all these years. Totally. Well, the, the good thing about a game like yesterday m might be that it's pretty obvious what needs to be fixed. I think a little bit for, even from like us just watching on our couches, it's like, okay, guys tackling, right? Run defense, <laughs> um, just stop somebody because the offense can score, right? I mean, yeah. Untimely fumble, the pick that Lofa talked about, but, but, but they put up. <laughs> I mean, Lofa, like, and and we're starting I, to predict that they're going to put up uh, points. That's the other thing. It's like it's not just like a, a fluke or a surprise that they're putting up a, a, a lot of points or a big game. Like we we're actually expecting it now. Can score with anybody. Yeah, and uh, and to Dan's point, I mean, that trade that John made was looking pretty sweet right about now <laughs> with, with the every loss and they lost again. Uh, oh, you're talking about the Denver. Broncos. Are you talking about the Broncos right now? Yeah. Okay. I got to find some silver lining. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was going to talk about the refs before I started talking about Russ and the Broncos, but all right, fine. What do you want to say about the refs? You well, always have something to say. I hate refs more than anybody. Listen, I know you... I, I'm sure. And I, I, I don't know how Damon, Damon, how are you with refs? I mean, look, it's hard to be an official. I mean, <laughs> it is. You have it any is. friends that do it? Let's just ask that question, right? Right. I no. mean, um, it, and the Pac-12 officiating is is the worst, you know, <laughs> I, I've ever seen. Yeah. Every so, year. But go 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 to the high school level. You know, I I mean, it's hard to find officials. Mm. You know, um, and you know, I, I credit those people for for doing it. You know, especially yeah. they work their way all the way up to the National Football League. Um, I don't know if it's a full-time job. There was talk about them having it as a full-time I don't think it job. is. It should I be, think though. It, it's still not yet. Yeah. Yeah. It should be. I mean, it there's should, so should. much at stake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, and they're not always going to get it right, but you expect at the highest level of the game, you know, for the most part, they're, they're going to get it right, especially well, with instant replay. I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the ones that get me are the ones that they review, and then you're still like, just like, come on, man. Like the DK catch on the sideline. I mean, look, it's, I mean, bro, come on. You got to go frame by frame on some of these. Or And then you got the Josh yeah. Jacobs fumble, which, okay, maybe can't be reviewed uh, or whatever because whistles or forward progress. I mean, Forward that, progress stop. That was bullshit. That was a hell of a play. As a I, fumble. By, uh, Kobe Bryant. That is a fumble yeah. all day long. And so that it's was, just, you know, a couple things. But like we said, the, the Tyler Lockett holding, though, might that's one that you do get. So, yeah. look, everybody can complain about officials all the time. I think what annoys me as just an NFL fan is that the review process is supposed to help clean some of this stuff up. And I feel like most of the times there's at least one or two reviews in every game I watch that leaves me a little more confused after the review than before it. That's all I'm saying. Well, they they got the interception overturned that we got a field goal out of, right? Which I was I was saying it from my couch when it happened. That's I true. bobbled that. That's true. And when he, you know, he That's bobbled true. it just just like they were saying DK did, then you had to bring that back. And they did. I didn't think they were going to reverse that. Yeah.
Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird process. Whatever. Uh, let me talk about a sponsor real quick. Let me cheer ourselves up by talking about one of our beautiful and wonderful sponsors. Uh, Producer Katie, did we have a winner from the score prediction challenge oh, yeah. over the weekend? We do the score we prediction did? challenge uh, on the on the social medias, everybody. You guys can predict the score of every single Seahawks game. And if you nail it, you get a $50 gift card from our sponsor, Simply Seattle. Go to shop dot simply seattle.com for all simply your seattle right there. Uh, team you apparel see, needs and stuff the, Ooh, you see the drip yeah you check out that hoodie lofa's wearing from simply seattle if you get close you get a 25 dollar gift card what do we got katie dr brandon bridgman okay Bridge. what what was his uh <laughs> do you know this guy lofa i do it's oh, my chiropractor. Nice. oh. <laughs> I, I, I promise it's not an inside okay job. all right what? what was the score uh, well, he got the 34 from the Seahawks. Wow. So that was the most important. And then what was the other score, though? I think it was 20. Th- what? 34 20? That's not even close. I, no. I, I thought I had 34 27. I uh-oh. mean, I know I can't win it, but before overtime, I had it right. I, I would have nailed the first prediction. Hmm. Hmm. 34 20, you guys think is close? That's who you're giving the winner to? I mean, I think we gotta prioritize the Seahawks score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, we're gonna we're gonna throw the red flag. I don't know if you're upset we're about this one, that one. You guys can email uh, intern <laughs> Justin, the GM of our fantasy team, and producer Katie at SeahawksPod at gmail People are gonna be emailing. I predicted this. I was way closer. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Are you getting free back work out of this? This is a little <laughs> sus. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know. Brandon um, charges full price. <laughs> also, speaking of contests on the show, though, shout out to everybody who entered the EpicSeats.com contest. Uh, we give out two tickets to every Seahawk game, home or away, courtesy of our friends at EpicSeats.com. And this weekend, we got like over 300 people trying to get into the contest and emailing us and everything. So shout out to all you guys for entering. Shout out to those of you who won the tickets. And uh, be sure to enter next week is my point because it's getting competitive over there. And shout out to EpicSeats.com for uh, sponsoring that and supplying us with the tickets. Um, Guys, uh, look, Seahawks, they got to turn it around. They got to pick it up. I think we all kind of saw what went down at the game, and and they got to make it better. I have two just absolute legends of the game on the show right now, and not just legends of the pros, but legends in college and at huge college programs, respectively. And both of you guys' colleges played huge games, and I'm a big fan of one of them. <laughs> so I definitely <laughs> want to talk about some Apple Cup with Damon Heward, but also Lofa. I mean, the shillelagh is back uh, down in Southern California. So who wants to go first and talk about their colleges and all that kind of stuff? Hmm? I'll let the guests go first. All right. Oh, David, let's talk some gentleman. Apple Cup. We slaughtered those kooks. Huh? Yeah, payback for, for last year. That that was rough uh, at Husky Stadium. So a year later, the cup is back where it belongs. That's right. Uh, it, was a, it was a tough game out, out the gate. The Cougars had some momentum, especially in that first half. They did. But, uh, you know, the strength of our offensive line. I love our aggressive play calling in nature with Ryan Grubb. And Michael Penix, you can't say enough about him. Um, this kid yeah. uh, just stands in the pocket and delivers. And um, when he has to move around, he does. But it's a really dynamic offense, you know, really unique in that their, their play action stuff they do out of the shotgun. It's really different. And they, they move and they shift. 
And, and, you know, they do the kind of do this gopher ball thing where they'll, you know, line up and then they look to the sideline and Grubb is so good at diagnosing the defense and then calling a play. You know, you see that a lot at the college level, but not always executed well. And certainly some defenses will play the cat and mouse and change it up. But this offense has delivered all year. They're number one in the nation in passing offense, throwing for almost 400 yards mm. a game. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for a, a blunder down in the desert, you know, they would be right up there in the conversation with USC and the, the college football playoffs. Absolutely. So just a magical year for Kalen DeBoer in his first season, 10 wins already. Yeah. And if local Trojans get it done on Friday night, like I expect them to do with my brother on that staff, especially uh, the dogs are going to be in Pasadena. We're going to have two New Year's six teams as, as SCs in uh, the college football playoff, probably playing the Georgia Bulldogs. So a lot on the line here Friday, not just for your Trojans, but for the dogs. Too. Oh so man. Get it done. First of all, I'm ready to run through a wall after that. I, I, I am so too. pumped up. Uh, but before we get to Lofus Trojans, hold on. I'm giving you the, oh, I'm giving okay, you okay. the Heisman for a second. Cause I, I just want to stick on a uh, Mike Penix uh, junior real quick, because I mean, first of all, I've mm. watched every game, but it's still, I, 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 and as a fan of lefties, I know, but it still looks a little strange, but man, is he accurate and the strength and the, I mean, this kid, he's he's incredible. You know, I don't I don't even want to call him a kid. He's just he's he's awesome. I I hope he comes back next year. But they're talking about him being just such a high draft pick and everything. And I mean, not coming back. I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, as a fan, I you know, wishful thinking. But I mean, Damon, like, you're a Washington quarterback yourself. I mean, what is it with Washington and these quarterbacks they get? And they're just he and he just Penix in particular. He's just so fun to watch. Yeah, you know, he kind of came here. I think we were expecting this guy to run around, um, you know, and, and make plays with his feet like Jake Locker and Marcus Tuiasasopo. But mm. the reality is, is, you know, he's been a kid who who sits in the pocket. And, you know, he has, hasn't scrambled a whole lot at all this year other than just to buy some time and, and make some throws. But uh, I, too, have been blown away by his accuracy, yeah. uh, his arm strength, uh, his decision-making. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's put it all together this year on tape, you know, as a fifth year junior. Um, he had some highs in Indiana, just unfortunately yeah. couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, he's had injuries. And yeah. uh, this year now has done it for 12 consecutive games and uh, has put some really good uh, film out there. Should he decide to go pro? Uh, but who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's got to be loving the moment right now. He's the toast of the town. Uh, heck, he might even find his way sitting next to Caleb Williams back in New York for the Heisman Ooh. Trophy talks, and uh, and we'll see. But uh, an amazing talent, and it's certainly been fun to have him on Montlake this season. Yeah, I mean, if they would have that that game in the desert, if if they would have got that one, I think he most definitely would be there. But uh, like yeah. you said, we kind of become USC Trojan fans, at least for the the near future here a little bit, because Lofa's Trojans get to have a rematch against the the mighty Utes uh, in the championship game. How you feeling, Lofa, after that Notre Dame game? I know you hate Rudy and Notre Dame. He was offsides. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my favorite game day sign whenever we play, we play uh, Notre Dame. Rudy was offsides. Someone's old enough, but Rudy was offsides. <laughs> yeah, hated, the, hated that movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, – yeah, I mean, they look great, man. I, I really think Caleb's separated from the pack. In turn, I don't know who else you would consider for the Heisman right now. Um, and, you know, I, I believe he's going to play great this game. We did lose to these guys earlier in the season, our only blemish on the record. And uh, But it's going to be a neutral site, so 
it's it's hard to play in Utah. And so uh, not playing there, I think, gives us the edge this time. Yeah. And I just hope we don't let the tight end go for 300 yards again. Like if we have to double him, double him. But Cam Rising was just throwing it to him every play. And so, but um, yeah, the victory bell is back where it belongs. The jeweled <laughs> shillelagh is back where it belongs. Uh, what the I mean, heck is a jeweled shillelagh anyway? Do you even know? It looks like a stick with some stones in it, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, whatever. All I know is the three years that the three years that we played them, we beat them not just by it. Well, I mean, it would be an average, but by thirty-one points exactly every time. And so uh, I thought that was pretty because I they someone posted a picture of the jewel shillelagh and they had o two, o three, and o four, and our scores on there. I was like, oh, that's exactly thirty-one points. Wow, that's cool. Look at that. Yeah. Quick math by number 51. Just uh, an ass kicking. <laughs> I'll say, look, I'm, I'm I'm no fan of USC or anything like that. But I will say, seeing the Coliseum rocking that night, night game, you know, the, the way that it was and all of that. I mean, it really, and knowing you the way that I do now, of course, like it really brought back those feelings of like your teams and the Pete Carroll era there and all that kind of stuff. And I think college football is better when USC is in that kind of mode. So, you know, we'll, just we'll let you have it. Hopefully the pack finally gets representation, you know, like it was Washington was the last time right. we were in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like five years yeah. ago, six years. Yeah. Six. I, I'd love to ask Lofa a question here. Sure. Yeah. You said the pack respect here. We have, I think six teams right now in the top 17 and um, in, in a couple year and a half, your, your, your USC Trojans are going to be playing in the big 10 conference. Mm. What, what's your take on that? At first, I was old man bitter, just like, why? <laughs> I want the traditional matchups, right? Yeah. But I understand and what my hope was, and it looks like it's coming true, is these super conferences are going to provide a 12-team playoff. And I've always said four teams is not enough. There's always a team at five who could be like a Boise or a TCU back in the day, undefeated and left out. So by moving to 12, if you're 13, you got – three, maybe even four losses. I don't want to hear anything from you. You're out. Get out of it. Go home, you know, go play in a bowl game or whatever, but we're, we're, we're done talking to you. So I just, I'm excited about that to get, you know, and even if the, the game, you know, you shorten to just playing conference games, 10 games, and then the best 12 teams go in every other game, every other, you know, from division Three, two, and one double A, they all have playoffs. Mm -hmm. And it always killed me because I, I came from Maine and we made the playoffs. And, and you know, in the NFL, there's nothing like playoff football. Right. Um, and so, you know, getting to see those matchups and then, you know, who who can bounce back week after week? Because, look, when I look back at my teams at SC, you know, and I know people are going to be horrified when me saying this, we you give us a month to prepare, we're going to beat the hell out of anybody. But – we get a week to prepare and now you got to come back. It's really going to be the best team that wins because, you know, there's you might win that first matchup as a smaller seed or, you know, but when you get to the end, it is just the best teams and and everybody that's but couldn't you know, prepared. They, but, and, yeah, but couldn't UCLA and USC do all of that and we could have these the 12 team playoff and all that from the Pac-12? They couldn't just stay in the Pac-12? And My only argument would be like, I think it'd be a whole hell of a lot easier for USC going forward to get to that final 12, staying in the that's, Pac-12, that's true. having to play the Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. And not, and those are going to be you know great games and college football is going to love it and all, but that the travel associated with all of that, you know, sometimes yeah. just, uh, be careful what you wish for. No, for sure. But then we would have to go to 16 and 
who are we going to take to to bring mm. over you know uh the 12 you know yeah you have to, to start looking at up. like well you can look at you can look at like a boise or uh i don't know a boise <laughs> san diego state yeah. well, so, uh, yeah. so i mean and i think you know to your point i think they'll realign years later like they'll yeah, have probably you're right you probably have two super conferences at the end of the day at some yeah. point yeah but yeah. uh but it's just going to be interesting and certainly oh that travel washington but won't it be fun damon to see our huskies in the rose bowl this year isn't that going to be awesome you're going to come you know, down for that it's funny it's funny, you know. I've had this role at UW for for over a decade now, and and no doubt it it was awesome going to the college football playoff and and, and playing Alabama in the Peach Bowl and, and that opportunity. But you know, it was really hard for our fans to get to Atlanta and then say, "Hey, you win that game, then Bill, how are we going to get to the champ? Do we save our money to go to now to the Peach Bowl, or if we right. win that, do we save it right. to go to the national championship right. yeah. game?" Well, Jackson was in Tampa that year. Oh wow! You know, for a lot of Husky fans and traditionalists. You know, it really is about the Rose Bowl, yeah, and that and and that Pac-12 Big Ten matchup that we all grew up watching, and that sun setting, you know, over the mountains, and um, you know, uh, if if those Trojans get it done on Friday night, I, I can't tell you how fired up Husky Nation is going to be. No doubt, there's a disappointment. You want to get to that CFP and yeah. play the mighty Bulldogs or the Crimson Tide or all that good stuff. But but there's something about that Rose Bowl. There's a reason they call it the granddaddy of them all. Of them all. And I can tell you that if the dogs get there, uh, play playing a, a one-loss Ohio State team or something, I mean, that's something that people will remember, talk about, and cherish forever. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got oh, to yeah. play in one against Michigan when we got left out of the the national the BCS. Uh, championship uh against oklahoma lsu and i got to play michigan and just coming out of the tunnel i mean like you're saying you know the sun and the environment and everything and then you look over and you see those stripes on the helmet that you grew up like watching them you know uh when they were they were so good so it was uh it was special i'll never forget it so you're right about that dan oh yeah those were my first memories of watching husky football was huskies michigan a couple years in a row rose bowl oh yeah 90s Oof. ah <laughs> ready yeah. to run out of another tunnel they're back, they're uh, back. Uh, we're all right. back well you guys last thing I have to do here oh wait if you guys are watching any bull games out there or checking out college football or pro football and you want to do any wagering on any of that make sure you check out our sponsor betonline.ag uh, basketball is also back uh, the NHL is going strong yeah Damon turn your camera off we can do a lot of things but we can't be gambling we can do this we can do this read after yeah we'll put it in there later go to that website you're not supposed to go to and try to make credits <laughs> I got a question don't I worry question Damon I don't have any eligibility oh, left anyway Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Lopa. Damn, well, it was, what was it, 2006 when we played you guys, um, the, the Chiefs? Yeah. And do you remember third and 10 going to Tony G? So oh. it's quarters coverage. I know it's going to Tony G. I'm like, yes, here we go. <laughs> he runs a 10-yard out. I undercut it. And it goes just off my fingertips. And Tony catches it one-handed. And I was like, God. He's too good. <laughs> and that, um, and I think that pretty much that prolonged the drive. And I think you guys scored, you guys won that game. The only other play I remember that, 
And I wonder if you remember this. Jared Allen picked one off. Mm-hmm. And he went up the sideline and Dion branch made probably the best defensive play I've ever seen. <laughs> he ran him down, ripped the ball out and got his toes in. And we had a chance to, to go back and tie the game. We didn't, I think we lost 35, 28. It was a shootout, but um, yeah, man, that, I, that, had, that pass still haunts me, Dan. It was, it was a beautiful pass. <laughs> he hey, ripped it, were, huh? You were right though. If it was third and 10, I was looking for number 88. I mean, that oh, dude was going to catch a ball or nobody. Best tight end in NFL history, for sure. Another mm-hmm. Pac-12 guy, mm-hmm. okay. uh, great teammate. But, yeah, that was an awesome game. If I I do remember because I'm good friends with Matt Hasselbeck. He was not able to play. He was hurt. Yeah, sound play. Danica Wallace played in that game, and he played great. Like you said, it was yeah. a shootout uh, at Arrowhead. Um, yeah, that, that certainly for me was a memorable game. Um, you probably don't know this, but I actually worked for Paul Allen. My first year out of college, I got cut by the Bengals. I came home. I thought my football career was over. I literally knocked on Paul Allen's door and he owned this company called Vulcan Northwest. And at the time, the Seahawks were going to leave town. This was 1996. Right. And all the city officials came to Paul Allen. They're like, hey, dude, save our team, buy the team. He's like, well, I'll maybe buy the team. Give me a one year purchase option to figure out if I can get a new stadium deal done. And all this was going on. I kept reading about it in the paper and potentially the Husky stadium was going to be this one site, the Seahawks and the Huskies would share. And literally I got a job. Um, I was out speaking to every chamber of commerce and rotary club about the economic impact that the Seahawks left town. But I got to know Paul Allen, that whole crew. And I worked for him for literally that whole off season. And I got a call from the dolphins and fooled them for the next 12 years. But it was really special for me to get to start against the Seahawks, Paul Allen, all you guys who I knew growing up here yeah. and uh, and then to come out with the win. I actually pulled my groin in practice that week and wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go. But oh, wow. modern medicine was a good thing. Uh, it was a great day for the Chiefs, but also and, and really cool for Paul Allen, Mike Flood, a lot of those guys, Burt yeah. Cole, reaching out to me and congratulating me and, and all that neat stuff. And certainly a game that uh, I hold that game ball, you know, I cherish it. It was a yeah, special. You earned that game ball, my man. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing I have to do uh, here before we get you out of here, Damon, and wrap up the show, Lofa, I got my list of random questions. You want to put 60 oh, yeah. seconds on the clock and really get to know Damon here? This is definitely going to take more than 60 seconds. <laughs> Look, get I, ready, Damon. I even Uh-oh. got my intense music. Uh, once again, this, uh, this segment is brought to you by that website that we're not talking about. Oh, you can talk about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Damon, heads or tails? Heads. Why uh, your jersey number? Let's go with uh, your UW number. Why Why number seven? Uh, I was a huge John Elway fan growing up. Uh, just love number seven. Lucky seven. Almost was a Seahawk, by the way, John Elway. That draft story? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what could have been? Um, okay, if called upon, would you punt or punt return? Uh, definitely punt. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought you were going to go punt return. Dude, I, 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 I've been hit a few times by guys like you. That's the last <laughs> thing I'd want to do again. <laughs> what was your halftime go-to snack, either at the pro level, college level, whatever? Oh, God. Uh, a Gatorade bar. <laughs> Lame. I, I I wish I could say I'd smoke a cigarette like Kenny Stapler. <laughs> I wish I was some badass like that, but no, I was, I was pretty lame. Well, you could say it. <laughs> I would have smoked the black and mild. There you go. 
Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how badly do you want to see the Seahawks wear those throwback silver helmet uniforms? And by the way, I think there's news on that from the team within like the last week, but there is. Do you like those unis? Sure, I'll stick with my seven. I had the posters of Steve Largent and Jim Zorn up in my room. All right, nice. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, Lofa, I don't know if you saw this, but the announcement from the team is they will wear those throwbacks next year. Next year. Oh, I I saw it. Thanks to the Take 12 podcast. I was going to say, I don't want to say that we should take credit for that, but... You you could take credit. You've been talking about this for three years, buddy. We did whip the fans into a frenzy in Munich about that, and there were quite a few Seahawks officials standing around a couple weeks ago. Anyway, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, uh, Damon, where were you during the Beast Quake? Mm, What was the year? Remind me. 2010. 2010. Uh, Technically, it was January of 2011. January 2010. I I was here in Bellevue, and my house shook. Yeah, it did. It did. That that was a great run. Uh, Obviously, one of the greatest plays in Seahawk history. I was just out of football. Uh, 09 was kind of my last training camp um, and uh, certainly as a kid growing up and obviously I played all these places but you know I'll, I'll always be a Seahawks fan you know growing up in this town and, and uh, that, that was that was a really cool moment uh, in Seahawk history for sure cool man last question uh, speaking of cool moments cool moment for us having you on the show so thanks for being here um, and our last my last question for you is just uh, what w- what is your favorite play? Or moment, uh, and usually I say as a Seahawk because we have Seahawk guests, but I'll say as a Husky. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Mm. Uh, my, my junior year, we went down to the University of Miami and played in the Orange Bowl against uh, the Miami Hurricanes, who had a 58-game home winning streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warren Sapp, Ray Lewis, The Rock, all these just awesome. <laughs> the Rock. That's right. The Rock is on that team. And... Uh, you know, somehow, some way, we were down, I think, 14 to 3 at halftime. And we came out, we scored like three touchdowns in a matter of three or four minutes in that third quarter. Hmm. And we just ran them out of the gym. And uh, to beat uh, the mighty Hurricanes, who hadn't lost at home in 10 years. At home, yeah. At home, down there. I'd never been east of the, the Rocky Mountains, honestly, growing up, a West Coast kid. And to go down there and do that, um, you know, certainly the highlight. Of, uh, of my college career. It was a special, special win. And we were been on probation for a couple years after that. Uh, you know, and so it was, it kind of brought us back on the, on the stage yeah. and on the map of college football. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. That's why the Dolphins went and got you. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. Right? Yeah. Uh, you never know. Oh, man. Well, thanks for being here, dude. Like I said, like really just appreciate it. Thanks everybody out there for listening to the Take 12 podcast. Uh, we will be back later in the week to preview this upcoming matchup for your Seahawks uh, this weekend. But for now, we're out of here. Lofa, anything else? Ladies and gentlemen, Damien Hewitt, the man that taught Tom Brady everything. Damon, for real, I mean, thanks for being here, man. I got to come back because I got a million and a half more questions for you. We break it down at the end of every episode. So hands up in the middle. What do QBs break it down? Just like in practice. What do QBs break it down to? Oh, man. Go deeper. Go home. Perfect. <laughs> Lead us through it, then. Go deep or go home. What? Go two, deep. Three. Go deeper. Go, go deeper. Go home. Go home. <laughs> I like that one. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.